Glad to have you with us here on the fifth quarter podcast, episode number 12 of the four season. It's the week 12 in college football on this Thursday, November the 18th, as we remember those on the bonfire collapse at Texas A&M 22 years ago. But more on that episode 66 overall, George Koff, Desmond McLaughlin with you here as we get ready to get set. Desmond, how are you doing on this Thursday? We're pretty good, George. You know, it's starting to come that weather. I know we have Thanksgiving, but it's starting to come that Christmas season. It's starting to come that football season. And I'm ready for it, George. Indeed. We got high school football playoffs going on. We've got, you know, college football getting towards rivalry season. We've got some big college football playoff implications in the next few weeks. Got a lot to break down and a lot to look forward to as we look ahead to the last two weeks of the regular season. Desmond, you ready to get into it? I'm ready, George. Let's get it. All righty. We'll start with the obvious. Of course, the fighting Texas Aggies traveled to Oxford, Mississippi, to take on the Ole Miss Rebels. Of course, we had College Game Day was there. Corso picked Ole Miss for the first time ever. You just had to think. Lane Kiffin was the guest picker. You just had to think that this was going to be Ole Miss's night, and it was you know, 29-19 to 19 win for the Rebels. But Desmond, I think the biggest storyline is A&M outscored Ole Miss in the second half. They could have done that in the first half. It would have been a win. You know, you can't you can't spot a team a 15-0 lead and expect to win the football game. And I really like the way A&M played in the start of the second half. You know, they made up for what they did in the first half, made it a 15-13 game, and then mm-hmm. just kind of start to struggle. You know, Zach Calzada throws a pick that really isn't even his fault. Demas can't catch it. You get a Demas touchdown that gets taken off the board because of, you know, apparently he didn't have control. Um, And then, of course, the pick six kind of put the cherry on top for Ole Miss. I felt like Calzada made some mistakes, and and you can argue that. But, again, I think it's just A&M just didn't show up on on Saturday. No, yeah, George, I agree. I I was looking and I watched a little bit of it. I don't really think A&M played bad. Mm-mm. I just think they sort of just played average, which you can't do against a good team like Ole Miss. So it's not even that Ole Miss was a better team. They just had a little more oomph to them. They just had a better game. And, um, you know, talk about Calzada. He made a couple mistakes, but, you know, again, he had an average game, so you really can't complain like that. But, again, against a good team like Ole Miss, you need to have an exceptional game. Um, no Spiller wasn't so thriller, only four yards rushing. Meanwhile, on the other side of the – on the ball um, – Ole Miss, I believe, that was the most rushing yards allowed by the AM defense all year long. Um, so that definitely uh, went into it. But definitely the first half, when you're down 15 0, I know they came back, but when you have a shaky first left like that, it's kind of, you kind of put yourself in a little little hole that you have to dig yourself out of. Um, you know, that, 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 that comes to part of it. Yeah. And I think part of it too was AM fans, it felt like it was 30 to nothing at the end mm. of the half, or at the at halftime, not even like, 15 because of the way that AM you felt like there was no offensive movement. And all of a sudden, you know, you get a goal line stand, you get a turnover. It could have been worse. I think the kicker though was the the safety. And I know it's such a small consequential inconsequential point, but when you can't get out of the end zone like that, and it goes from a 13-0 game to a 15-0 game when Ole Miss should have scored a touchdown there on that fourth and goal, that was the goal line stand. 
that's a five point swing really, instead of, you know, completely being a seven point swing. Uh, I think that just told the story because even if, if AM doesn't allow that safety, they get out of the end zone and even if they really don't do anything with the, that possession, you're looking at a 13, nothing half time deficit. AM would have tied the game. It would have been 13, 13 with all the times they'd come back and having a tie game, I think, allows you to get back into your style of football. Anum was always working backwards from the very beginning of the football game. And it didn't allow Jimbo to use his run packages. It didn't allow him to use his game plan coming into it. You mentioned Spiller really didn't have many yards. A-Chain had a nice night, but again, I think they didn't run the ball enough because they couldn't run the ball enough because they couldn't, they were in a position where they were always trailing. So they had to pass the ball. Calzada made some nice throws. He missed a few, but again, we've seen that 24 for 42. I, I just a bit disappointed with what I saw, but looking ahead, the Aggies get in Prairie View AM this week. That's a nice opponent to get back on track with. Prairie View's been pretty good in the Southwest uh, Athletic Conference. Again, different competition level, but Jimbo mentioned it in the press conference. You can't put away a team like that. You can't, you know, you can't just, that team is faceless. That team is still an opponent you have to take for granted. And I think he has a good point. Florida, what was it, allowed 52 points to Samford on uh, on Saturday last week. So not Stanford, Samford, the small Alabama school. Uh, so I think the Aggies do win uh, this week, but I would be really careful. Um it's going to be a big blowout, but, you know, it could get ugly if a doesn't appropriately play to, uh, you know, if they play down to Prairie View's level. I've got it 63-3. to three. No, you're right, George. Um, I know last week we talked about it, and I'm like, we're making jokes about it. And you said, you mentioned how good Prairie View a actually is, so I have them winning 56-13. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. In Kyle Field, 11 a.m. kickoff for the final game as a student, undergrad student, that is, for me. Uh, ESPN Plus kickoff there from Kyle Field. No line on the game, but where you can expect probably a 40-point spread if you want to bet on it, I guess, uh, which a most likely and should cover. All right, Desmond, let's shift, the, shift gears. Houston clinched their spot in the American Conference Championship game. They beat Temple 37 to 8 there in Philadelphia. You had to be pleased with what you saw. Very pleased, George. Also, very pleased that we finally got some respect. Top 25 CFP rankings this week, baby. Yes, Even sir. We behind Utah and C State and Pittsburgh. We'll go on. We'll talk about that another week. Um, but yeah, definitely a great game. I love hard defense is improving. We got three interceptions. Also, congratulations to my boy Chidozi, who just started getting more playing time. A uh, family friend of mine uh, is on a DN there. Played very good last night or last week. Um, but we got a big game against Memphis, and I really think it's one of those games that we shouldn't sleep on. I mean, they just beat SMU. And I, even before I said Memphis is a team that you can't overlook, especially at the last game of the season when we're getting ready for Cincinnati, hopefully. Um, but I definitely think that we get this win, 38-27. I'm ready, George. I'm ready for this game. I'm nervous, but I'm ready. Yeah, you know, Friday night lights, you never know what's going to happen yeah. there underneath those Friday night lights. But I actually have that uh, Cougars as well, 42-24. I think it's going to be a comfortable win. I think it's going to be a chance to see Clayton Tune one more time in a pretty good, like it's a pretty good opponent. 
because you guys play UConn next week or Houston yeah. plays UConn next week, um, which, you know, it's going to be a, probably a very high scoring game on the Houston side to a chance to see what kind of packages you can run, what Dana Holgerson wants to keep and not show on film for Cincinnati. Again, it may not even be Cincinnati, Desmond. Um, there's an interesting, no, there's an interesting, um, uh, route that if Cincinnati loses to both SMU and East Carolina, SMU gets to, uh, play Houston again. So, and we know how good of a game that first one was. So we'll see what happens, um, (laughs) these next two weeks, but yes, Houston's in and now they await their opponent with potentially Cincinnati looming. Um, 8 p.m. kickoff on ESPN2. You can watch the Friday night game between the Houston Cougars and the Memphis Tigers. Houston is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, so we'll see if they can cover. All right, Desmond, SMU and Cincinnati. As we take a two-step around the state of Texas, I think a lot of people have been talking about this game. This has been a game that people keep thinking Cincinnati could lose, and this could be the game that does it. Uh, probably the mo- the first time we've seen it since that Notre Dame game uh, that Cincinnati played. Tanner Mordecai, we know how good he is for SMU. We know how good SMU is. They did lose to Memphis. It was a close game, and it was a game that kind of came down to the last possession. So we know, and we saw, of course, SMU lose to Houston. So this is a team that has lost two of their last three games. But Desmond, Cincinnati has not looked confident in the last two weeks. Barely beat Tulsa, barely beat USF last week after falling behind. You know, you barely beat Tulane. You keep talking about these bare, you know, barely wins. And when you're in the group of five conference, I feel like style points mean more to the college football playoff than anything. You can probably get away with being a one loss team and make it into the playoff uh, if you're, you know, in the power five, but not in the group of five. And I think uh, this game is going to be really interesting. I, I want to see how Cincinnati's defense can contain SMU's offense. I actually have Cincinnati winning. I think since Cinderella doesn't quite uh, – I don't think the clock quite hits midnight yet, but um, I'm not going to rule out the possibility for an upset. So give me the, uh, give me the Cincinnati Bearcats by three. Uh, this is not my underdog of the week. Um, but, yeah, Cincinnati by three. Desmond, what do you think about this game? First off, George, there's going to be I rule a bull today. There's going to be a common theme that you see. I believe this will be an upset. Let me tell you why. Oh. As you, as you mentioned, Cincinnati has not looked well. I've been keeping tabs on them to see if hopefully maybe they lose. They will not have to play them. They have not looked good the last two to three weeks. Uh, they are a beatable team. This is not Cincinnati that we've seen in the past. Um, but the game that when SMU played us, SMU played a very good game. They were not a bad team. I think they just had an off week last week. So I think I definitely think they're a team that they shouldn't be slept on. This is SMU's chance to maybe try to push themselves to get into the conference championship. So they're gonna bring their all. I think it's gonna be close, but I have SMU winning this game 38-35. Is this your upset of the week, Desmond? It is not. It is not. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Interesting. Has <laughs> uh but it should be a good one. I think that's the key thing here. Yes. No matter who wins, this is not going to be the 11 point, 11 and a half point spread that they keep saying that Cincinnati is favored by. This is going to be a touchdown field goal type game mm-hmm. unless Cincinnati somehow gets, you know, gets lucky off of turnovers and such. But Mordecai barely turns the ball over anyway. And mm-hmm. so we'll see what SMU can do. 
2 p.m. 2.30 kickoff there at Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. Let's move ahead to Baylor. Desmond, we kind of wrote off Baylor last week. We said Oklahoma was going to get it done. And how about them Baylor Bears beating the Oklahoma Sooners at home? Able to get it done, but they um, they still have a, star, a tough task if they want to get to the conference championship. They have two options. They either have to win out and, and – well, not two options. They have to win out, and then they need Oklahoma to lose. Um, and Oklahoma has Iowa State and Oklahoma State, so it is possible that Oklahoma could lose again. Um, but Baylor has a tough opponent in Kansas State. We know that Kansas State's been a pretty good team at home. They've been a pretty good team just, you know, when they have their starting quarterback in Skylar Thompson, he's healthy. Deuce Vaughn is healthy. Desmond, somehow Kansas State is actually still alive for a college, uh, for a Big 12 championship game berth. Uh, they need, like, everyone in front of them to lose. But uh, I'm going to take the Baylor Bears. I think I'm confident they can get it done. Their two losses have been on the road. I don't think they'll make it a third loss, but um, it's going to be close. 34-33, Baylor wins. Yeah, George, and I, I think you mentioned it last week. You said Baylor um, was probably one of the better Big 12 teams that has been kind of like left out of the rankings the last couple of years. Um, and I didn't really agree with you, but, you know, no, 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 I agreed. I agree with you, George. You know, I was wrong. And also Baylor's uh, two losses were against Iowa State and, I mean, uh, uh, Oklahoma State and TCU. And if it wasn't for that fluke game against TCU, a one-loss Baylor team, looking at maybe like a top eight team. Probably even higher than that. Exactly. Seeing all the teams they've beaten. Um, But I think this will be a comfortable win for them. Uh, I think it'll be 51-44, a classic Big 12 shootout. But I think think the Bears get the win. Yeah, it should be a good one on FS1 at 4.30 on Saturday. Kansas State actually is a one-point favorite. So um, So that's an upset. Potentially. There you go. I see the – I'm going to put that down, George. (laughs) you are you calling that your upset of the week or no? Oh, well, now that you say that, that that is going to be my upset of the week, actually. Yes. So you're going to take a number 11 Baylor team to upset a one-point favorite Kansas State team at home. Okay. All right. We see where Desmond is. We're, we're trying to get those <laughs> – trying to trying to expand his upset record. Okay. If you, if you – I'll, I'll be bold. I woke up bold. That's not my upset. I'll say my upset. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of upsets and um, and early uh, and upsets, we always love madness. And, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the March Madness as the college basketball season has kicked off. And Desmond, you know, come come a few months now, we'll be talking about college basketball. We'll be shifting from college football to basketball. So uh, I'll go ahead and shift it over to you to, to guide us through this conversation as we talk about Houston, Texas A&M, and the rest of the college basketball world as you know, the season has just started to get underway for these, uh, for this sport. Yeah, Georgia, I mean, you know, I love college basketball. Um, I don't know if you saw, but actually a um, I don't remember their names, but they actually had a top 10 dunk the other night. That was really impressive. I was like, okay. Quentin Jackson, like, Quentin Jackson, yeah, we call him Q. It? We call him Q. Yeah, you know, he, yeah. uh, he, he can, he can slam a jamma. <laughs> So I was like, okay, I know George's going to like that because I know you've always talked about Adam not having the strongest of basketball programs. But it was, it was nice to get some recognition. Um, and on the Houston side, uh, we had a shaky first game. Uh, had, to, had to go to OT. Shouldn't have been that close. But then again, we came back and beat Virginia by 20 last night. 
Um, don't know how good Virginia is. Uh, they're projected to be a pretty good team. And again, they did win the national championship against Tech, which they shouldn't have won. Two years ago, yes. Yeah, two years ago. Um, but hey, a 20 point game. We got Kyler Edwards from Texas Tech, a transfer, um, very good player. And we have Marcus Sasser, who's supposed to be a preseason All American. So it'll be interesting to see what that team does in the future. Um, but a couple of people to keep an eye out for are, of course, Drew Timmy from Gonzaga. Expect them to make another deep run. And also Chet Holgrim. I don't know if you heard about this, George, but he's supposed to be the next Kevin Durant, seven footer that has handles and can shoot just like him. I've been following this kid since high school now. I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does. Uh, he, he just He's a freshman now at Gonzaga. So I'm really just, I think that him and Drew Timmy, they'll 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 take they'll take Gonzaga far a long way. Um, you know, it's, I feel like Gonzaga is the uh, you know college basketball's version of Alabama. They don't right. They, they don't rebuild. They don't rebuild. Yeah. They just reload. <laughs> they just keep you know whatever they lose, they just bring it right back in. Um, and of course, they won the national or they lost the national championship last year. Yeah. But to Baylor, who I know a lot of people are saying, a lot of people ask me when talking about me, they're like, Des, why don't you think Baylor? will win this year because, I mean, a lot of teams, when you lose your your your, your core players, you don't you, you tend to have a trouble bouncing back. They lost um, Jared Butler and, of course, Davian Mitchell, who both uh, went on to the pros. But I don't think they're going to be as strong as they were last year. You know, those are two great players who led their team. Um, and how are you going to talk about college basketball without mentioning one of the greatest coaches going in his Pharaoh tour, uh, losing Coach K. Uh, this, this is last year coaching at Duke. So um, expect to hear a lot about that. You know, last game this, last game that. It'll be very emotional. But let me tell you this, George. If I, get, if I were to give you four teams, four early predictions for your final four. All right, listen. Gonzaga, Michigan, Duke, and Purdue. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you free game right here, George. Four teams to watch for. All right, people, you heard it here first. Go to Vegas, go put in your final four, <laughs> your final four bet. And uh, and and then come March, you might want to go uh, hedge that bet because it might not even be close to being right. But either way, I'm not I'm not 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 saying not saying anything. I do agree with you with the Zags in Michigan. I think Michigan's a really good team this year. Yeah. Uh, Duke, you know, you know that they're gonna play for their coach. Purdue's an interesting choice, Desmond. I'm I'm hey. here. So don't sleep on them, George. Okay. But I, I'm George. I am ready to see this Chet Holgram kid. I've I've heard a lot about him. I've seen his videos. I've seen how he can pull up on the dime. And he's so t- I'm, I'm ready to see what he has to do. Yeah, we'll see what he can do for the number one Gonzaga Bulldogs currently in the AP poll. Desmond, you mentioned it about AM, of course, trying to find ways to, to get some national attention. But hey, both teams are going to get some national attention as the Houston Cougars and the AM Aggies are. Two of eight teams participating in the relocated Maui Invitational now playing yeah, being played in George. Las Vegas. Let Aggies the smack will talk begin. What? I said let the smack talk begin. <laughs> the Aggies will open with Wisconsin and the Cougars will open with the Butler Bulldogs. And of course, actually, they're on the same side of the bracket. So if uh, Houston loses and the Aggies lose, they'll play each other. If the Aggies and Houston win, they'll play each other. Uh, who knows? Who knows what will happen? Uh, but it could be really interesting uh, there all week long preceding Thanksgiving there in Las Vegas. Desmond could be a good one. We'll keep you up to date. Or Desmond will, as well as I will, keep you up to date on college basketball as we get closer and closer to the peak 
of conference play after we wrap up our college football coverage. But speaking of college football, Desmond, back to the games. We got to get back to picking our our, our game picks. And uh, you did not. We did not do well in our upset last week. We thought North Carolina State could get it done. They did not. You did get your cover. You did get your underdog, Desmond. Arkansas barely pulled out a three point cover in overtime against the LSU Tigers. So congratulations to you. Mine unfortunately did not. Purdue uh, did not even show up to Columbus, Ohio. So, yeah, no. I think I missed the cover by like 15 points. So, just not a good week for me there. Upset wrong, underdog wrong. Just let's see if I can bounce back. And it starts with the aforementioned Ohio State Buckeyes. They host the seventh-ranked Michigan State Spartans. This is the college game day game of the week. This got a lot of... College football implication, playoff implications, you know. Michigan State's got to win to keep themselves alive. If Ohio State wins, they probably have the inside track to the for the Big Ten to the uh, playoff. They'll play Michigan next week, so that will probably decide things. Desmond, I like uh, Ohio State. I think Ohio State's offense is just unstoppable. They've really bounced back since that Oregon-Ohio State game. I like Ohio State to win this game against the Spartans 42-30. to I agree with you, George. I know Michigan State has probably the clear runner for Heisman right now in Kenneth Walker. But I think Ohio State just has so much depth, and Michigan State hasn't played someone to the caliber of the Buckeyes. Um, this is actually my underdog pick of the week. I did double-check my betting lines this week. <laughs> um, I believe the Ohio State is an 18-and-a-half-point uh, point spread. I have them winning 41-34. to 34. Um, So that is my underdog pick of the week. Okay. All right, we'll see if, if Ohio State can pull it out this time. Yeah, I bet against Ohio State this time you're betting for Ohio State. So, yeah. or against Michigan, correction, against Ohio State, you're betting Michigan State. So, we'll see if they can cover the 19, 18 and a half point spread. We move ahead to Wake Forest and Clemson. Desmond, this is a big game in the ACC. If Clemson beats Wake Forest, they'll have to win again. Or correction, if Clemson beats Wake Forest, they have a chance, but they need Wake Forest to lose out in order to go to the ACC championship game. All is all Wake Forest has to do is win one of their next two games. Clemson has a 33-game home win streak. Okay, they've not lost since losing the pit in 2016 on that last second field goal. Um, well. They lose for the first time in five years. I've got the Wake Forest Demon Deacons spoiling everything in, Cle- in Clemson. Clemson finishes with four losses on the year. I've got them winning 30. I got the Demon Deacons winning 37 to 30. Don't bet against the Demon Deacons. I learned that last week. George, I said I was one bold this week. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. Let me tell you why, all right? The Clemson defense is outstanding, all right? Their offense isn't as good, but the defense is still there. They're going to get the ball out of Stan Hartman's hands very early. And as you just mentioned, the home record, George, I mean, Clemson's going to win this game. It's going to be close, 27-24. This is my upset pick of the week. Oh, my goodness gracious. We'll see if they can continue at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Clemson is a four-and-a-half point favorite, so we'll see if they can get it done. as they can get it done um, there against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Moving ahead here, 
as we keep rolling along is Iowa State and Oklahoma. Desmond, of course, we mentioned Oklahoma lost to Baylor. Baylor needs them to lose again. This is the big noon kickoff Saturday game of the week at 11 a.m. on Fox. Can Iowa State get it done? Or uh, can Oklahoma find a way to uh, keep their hopes alive? I think Oklahoma does, but I don't think they make it to the Big 12 championship game. I think they lose next week to Oklahoma State. We get a Baylor-Oklahoma State Big 12 rematch. I got the Oklahoma Sooners winning this one 43-37. And you know what? I'm going to be bold. 43-37 in overtime. I want up that boldness, George. You oh, my goodness. This, you know I love this Iowa State team, George. Here comes another upset your way. We saw what they did just a couple weeks ago. They're going to win this game 48 to 40. Let's go, Hawkeyes. Oh, my goodness. Desmond's out here with the underdogs of the week. My goodness gracious. Now, I, know, I, know they did, I know they did lose to Texas Tech. We're, not, we're just going to put that to the side, all right? Just forget about it this week. Hey, hey, we can put it aside just like the, um, um, just like the Big 12 officials said, yeah, no, Texas Tech, you don't get to call the, the game on the radio this week. I don't even heard about that, Desmond. The Texas Tech radio announcers were were penalizing the uh, the officiating <laughs> so bad that Big Twelve said, "Yeah, no, you don't get to call the game this week." George, I, wait, I, real quick, how do you feel about Texas Tech rushing the field after they won? I don't know how I feel about that. You, you hit a sixty-two like, yard field goal to win the football game, and you rush the field mm. with not even a Rick T. Bro, I was like, "Yo, what?" <laughs> okay, okay, I guess. I guess uh, do what you want, Raider Red, and the you know, okay, no, all righty. But you know, we'll <laughs> see if Iowa State can hopefully avoid a um, a a uh, field storming in Norman because you never know. Norman may <laughs> they may uh, storm the field, but Oklahoma is a three and a half point favorite. We'll see if they can cover here on Saturday. All right, Desmond, we move ahead to an SEC matchup between the Arkansas Razorbacks and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Desmond, this is a ranked-on-rank ranked rank matchup between the two teams for the first time since 2015. Yeah, that just shows you how bad Arkansas has been and how good Alabama has been <laughs> to, in fact, have a spread of a 20-point spread, which this is the smallest spread between these two teams in the last three years. Desmond, just like you, I'm being bold. Alabama's going to win this football game. But Arkansas is going to cover. I have a 42-38. This is my underdog of the week. I'm not going to lie, George. When he first said that, I was like, this man is no, bold. I'm not that bold. I'm not that bold to go go in on, on, the, on the hogs. But I'm bold enough no. to pick them to cover. But I agree. I agree with you. Um, Arkansas is no cakewalk, and I think they've proven that. But I definitely think Bryce Young is playing himself. I think Arkansas is going to do a great job stopping the run, which they've done against a lot of teams this year. But I think they're going to struggle against the the pass offense. So I think Alabama is going to win this game, forty four twenty. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction now, Desmond. Alabama absolutely destroys Auburn because there's no Bo Nix for Auburn next week. He's out for the rest of the year. I have Alabama playing Georgia in what might be the best SEC championship game in the last five years. I, I, I'd love to see it. I like, 
I, I I'm licking my my teeth my my chops for it because I kid <laughs> I kid you not I kid you not that game between the Bulldogs and Alabama Alabama's got a pretty good offense but Georgia of course has that really good defense Alabama's defense against Georgia's offense is probably going to be what it comes down to I don't know curious real quick real quick Alabama loses do they still make the playoffs It depends on if Cincinnati wins. If Cincinnati is undefeated, then no. If Cincinnati has one loss and Baylor and Oklahoma State wins the Big 12, no. If if the Big 12 champion is a two-loss team, Alabama gets in. There you have it. <laughs> we'll see, though. We'll see. We'll see. I think it just depends on uh, – of what happens around the rest of the, of the league. Because if you have a one-loss Big 12 champ, he's get that it doesn't matter who, you know, if 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 it's Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, they're getting in. Um, so we'll see. Move ahead to Virginia and number 18, Pittsburgh. Desmond, we talked about the the Wake Forest Clemson being that division championship, if you will, in the ACC. This is the ACC Coastal Division Championship. If Virginia wins out, they win the division. If Pittsburgh wins on Saturday against Virginia, they win the division. This is going to be a, a good old quarterback on quarterback matchup like we saw last week between Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett. This time it's Brennan Armstrong against Kenny Pickett. They both can throw. They both can throw for like 100 yards in the first quarter. Um, I have Pittsburgh winning this game 37 to 34. No, I agree with you, George. I have Pittsburgh winning this game 24 to 14. Pittsburgh is going to win the ACC. Okay. Okay. They're going to beat Wake Forest in one of the best ACC championships in a while. Because the last three ACC championships have been blowouts. Give me an ACC championship that actually comes down to the last game, the last uh, possession. <laughs> uh, speaking of last possession, Desmond, Oregon and Utah, our last big game of the week. Saturday night football, Desmond. Oregon's kind of been struggling. They still have been winning, but they've been struggling to win. You know what happens when you have a team that is struggling to win and they face a team that has just absolutely been dominant the last, I don't know, three weeks? You get an upset pick. That's right. I'm picking the Utah Utes to upset the Oregon Ducks. I think the Utah has a really good running attack. They have a really good defense. It seems like the right pieces to put together. And Desmond, this is going to be a game we see in two more weeks. Utah wins this game, and I think Oregon might lose the second game. But we'll see. We'll, we'll have to wait till we get there. But I think Utah wins this one. They upset Oregon 33-24 in Salt Lake City. Well, George, let's make this a double upset. Oregon is ranked higher, but Utah's actually favored to win. I have Oregon winning this game 30-26. I know I've read a lot, and a lot of experts actually are saying Utah's going to win. But I just, I just want to say that Utah's given up over 200 rushing yards to, like, over four different teams this season. George? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> sure. They're playing at home against Oregon, a team that is overrated and boring. Yeah, they, the only good thing about Oregon is they probably have the number one draft pick in Kayvon Thibodeau, <laughs> and that's it. I've said, I've said that all I need to say. Don't count them out. I just I think they're going to win this game, George. That's all I'm saying. But it's not an upset, right? You're not counting it as an upset. 
I mean, we don't have to count on those upset, but they are not favored to win. Okay, fair, fair, fair. But they are the but number that's, three. But that's still not my pick. They're the number three. They're the number three team in the country. They're expected to win. They may not be favored, but they're expected to win. <laughs> Desmond still has the Clemson Tigers as his upset. All right, people. Mm-hmm. All right, Desmond. Speaking of a team that's probably really upset is uh, Texas. How about Texas? Let's give them a round of applause. Because Texas, boy, oh, boy. Shout out to all of right. our – yeah, shout out to all of our, our 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 friends that are Longhorns, Desmond, because they've been. I just want to give them a hug. I feel so bad for them. They've lost five in a row, with the first four of those being, you know, games you should have won, and then they lose in the fourth quarter. Like I'm so sorry. I I feel so bad. But you know what? Hey, as Corso says, strictly business. Texas is doesn't win a game again. I have them losing the West Virginia, and I have them losing the Kansas State. They finish the season on a seven-game losing streak, and they don't go to the bowl game. I've got the West Virginia Mountaineers winning this one, 27-20. George, if you were to tell me that Texas Tech would be having a better season than Texas, I probably would say I'd probably probably use – CNA Smith's quote say, lay off the weed. But that's 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 where we are right now. And actually, I, I'm gonna go with Texas this game. I mean, granted, they've had a terrible season, but I really do like Casey Thompson. They're three and four under him. Um, I believe three of those losses were against um ranked opponents. Um, but I, I think they're gonna get this upset. 48-43, I think Texas can win this game. Do they uh, get bowl eligible? Do they beat Kansas State? No. Okay. So five and seven, I've got them at four and eight. So we'll see what happens for the Texas Longhorns. But, yeah, if you know a Texas Longhorn around you, give them a hug. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from, from all of us at the fifth quarter, we're giving you a hug, Texas. All right. But the other Texas University of Texas school system that's not needing a hug. Oh, my gosh. Meep, meep, baby. How about the UTSA Roadrunners? 10 and 0, Desmond. 10 and 0. But they got their biggest test of the year. They've got a UAB team that's trying to win the Conference USA. And uh, UTSA hosts them at home on Saturday. If they win, they will host the Conference USA Championship game. If they lose, they need UAB to lose again. I think the Roadrunners will be undefeated. I think they'll be the Conference Championship. Uh, champions of Conference USA. Uh, they should get to a decent bowl game. That's all I have to say. Thank you for ranking the Roadrunners, everybody. They're 22 in the college football playoff. Uh, that's all I need. That's all I have to say. Desmond, how about the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks, eh? Chop, chop, George. Oh, gosh. They got a, they got a 27-14 win against Central Arkansas last week, and they look to play Lamar, and I'm just going to leave it right there. <laughs> hey, they got a chance to make it into the, the 2014 bracket for the playoffs. They need some help, but uh, could potentially see the Lumberjacks in the playoffs, eh? Uh, okay, okay. They got a close loss to Texas Tech and a close loss to Sam Houston State. I mean, what more can you ask for? Hey, that, was, that game is Tech. I was like, wow. Like, they had a very good chance of playing that game. 
Well, we'll see what happens. Come in, come back next week and find out to see if Stephen F. Austin made it in or not. And find out to see if UTSA will be the Conference USA champion. Signing off for the fifth quarter podcast here, episode 12, episode number 66 overall. He's Desmond McLaughlin. I'm George Koff. Giga Maggies. Go Cougars. We'll catch you on the next one. Adios and goodbye.